The following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Welcome to another Adventures from the Shed sidebar podcast. For today's recording session, we were missing Brit, so Joe decided to have a quick sidebar recording to discuss how to proceed when a player is absent. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, and welcome to The Shed for Adventures from The Shed. We're going to do a special sidebar here while we eat some lunch in between recording some other sessions. Today, we are missing one of our podcast members, and we're going to do a little sidebar on how we're handling it, as well as how to uh, handle it when one of your players can't make a play session. Also, perhaps how we've seen this happen in the past in other games that we've played in, how different DMs, GMs handle it. Um, of course, you can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com, iTunes, Facebook, Stitcher Radio, Google+, Bing. That's it. That's it. And saying that's said, it is, I said, said Google. said YouTube, right? I don't know if I said YouTube. YouTube. But we're going to go around and say, do a quick hi and with... Hi, everyone. This is Mickey. And... JJ. And... Bart. And Joe. That's me. So we are without Brit today. And we're recording three or four episodes today of Adventures from the Shed. We are in the middle of our Alamond campaign. Uh, for those who hear this, um, we are recording this sidebar right after we just recorded episode 20. I'm going to say it's 29, but it's close to that. Um, because we had 25, then we had 26 and 27, which was Pirates and Demons. And then 28 was the one we just recorded. So this would be between 28 and 29, essentially. Uh, we just played one session without Elena, our party member there, and I'll start this by just mentioning how I'm handling it so far, because we have a couple of more hours, probably two to three more hours of recording, and we're keeping the character in the story, so for those who have heard the episode that we just recorded, Elena was found unconscious on the street, I'm linking that to a spell, or specifically a ritual, that Nestleus had cast, that cost the... I'll, I'll say it this way. It cost the consciousness of Elena as part of the, the price of that ritual. So during the, the day, she was walking down the street, and while um, Nestleus kicked that ritual off, it pulled Elena into a coma. And part of that was taking that ritual stamp that J.J. was kind enough to, to draw for us and put that on her forehead. And they found her in a temple. So I'm trying to use the character without necessarily needing the player there. Um, now, for all of us, we've played, I think, in games where somebody didn't show up or someone couldn't make it. How do different GMs, DMs handle that in other games that we've played in? Or, for that matter, any game. So you don't just kick them out? <laughs> uh, I typically don't. I mean, I've heard all kinds of different ways to approach it, and I figure we can probably spend 15 to 30 minutes talking about that as a sidebar. While we're eating, by the way, if any of us are chewing too loud in your ear, I apologize. We are right. sorry. So you and JJ have a lot more experience with this, but you can do what we're doing today, which is work it into the plot, and they're not an active participant. We can talk about that. If you're running a home game, depending on whether you're missing one or more players, you might run a side mission as a kind of a one-shot one, one shot, you know, that's not directly related to the compelling driving storyline, but someone in town needs something done or something needs a dungeon needs to be cleared near town and you go off and run essentially a self-contained one-shot. Or you vote them off the island and never let them back into the game. <laughs> vote them off the island. One of the interesting things about doing that one-shot, that side, 
is you it's what to me one of the most railroaded situations because now you've gotten yourself into this little side quest and you have to finish it this session because the other character quote unquote isn't around and if you're in the middle of that on your next game day, when that character is around, now they're left out because they're not in that special side mission. Right. So I, it can be kind of constri- constrictive, although yeah, I have done it. But, yeah. I mean, the side mission could be something that's character-specific for character development. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't be jealous. Mm. You know, it's just it's something specific to that particular character that furthers their skill set. Yeah, yeah, for a single character missing, I think it's fairly easy to keep going and just make an excuse for them not being there. But if you had two of your four or two of your five not there, and but people still wanted to play, that's where you might say, look, I've got this little module I picked up off, you know, he said, drive through RPG. He said, but people still wanted to play. <laughs> but people. But people. There's, 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 one, there's, one, person there's one butt person at the table today, and that's <laughs> J.J. Stevens. Speaking um, of J.J., let me ask you a question. Um, have you had a time where the character who is the central point of the plot, their player doesn't show up for a session? Um, yeah, I actually have. And um, I, it really throws a, a wrench in it. Um, especially if I'm using them as my spotlight. I, t- I typically do that. Um, I'll try to shine spotlights on different characters at different times. That way everyone um, feels like they're important at least some point in the campaign. And if they can't make it, I typically will try to schedule reschedule it. Um, <clears throat> now, typically, whenever someone can't make it, I will do what the uh, the NPC method. Mm. Uh, they'll still be there. I will run their character as part of the combat, and but they won't actually be you know contributing to the story at all. I was going to ask that. So, what's wrong with playing that character? So. Either having another player pick up that character sheet and play it along, and play along, or have the DM slash GM roll for that character when their turn comes up. I can tell you the biggest thing that I've seen with it is my character wouldn't have done that. Well, then you that's should the have been thing. here. It, yes, <laughs> and, well, and that's where some people will tell you. Well, if I'm not there, then just. Ignore my character. Right. I, I've had one GM that says you turn into an indestructible sugar cube for the session. Well, we, we kind of did that with Truk. I can't remember why I couldn't be uh, there. I think I may have been out of town. But it's because we don't were, like you. <laughs> yeah. Early on, there <laughs> was a petrified. session where I couldn't be there. Yeah. And you guys turned me into stone. And that be, not only dealt with me, but it actually became kind of the central plot point for that yeah. three hours. And it's kind of the way, like I said, the way I'm, I'm kind of trying to do it with Elena. I want to keep the character in the story without anyone having to play the character. So where Truk was turned to stone by Cassily... Medusa, so you turn the, uh, the absent character into a MacGuffin? Pretty much. But in this case, it allows us to tell the story without her having to say it herself. And the same thing with, with Truk, as being turned to stone. Also, at that point, it became kind of a comedy routine when Calamity also turned to stone. Yeah. And between Nessalus and Elena, they were positioning the statues and um, getting them on the Travoy to get to the monastery. The Travoy that wasn't made out of a Wailina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Mickey, as, from the player perspective, if you're not able to make it, what would you, like, ideally, how would you want to come back into the game at the next session? What would be most important about your character for the missing session? I would just would like to know what happened at the prior session and if my character did anything 
during the session that I need to know about. Yeah. I kind of would see it. And even if, I guess this is just me, even if my character, quote unquote, did something that I wouldn't have had it do, I don't know, maybe they were possessed or they got hit on the head and they were acting kind of weird. Maybe uh-huh. they have multiple personalities and one of them came out <laughs> that one time. Yeah. You just, you move on. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there for some reason or another. Yeah. And you let it go. <laughs> let it I, go. I think part of that can be too, though, you've written backstories for your characters. Mm-hmm. So say sometime during a session that you weren't there, somebody said, I was an orphan as your character, when your character actually has a rich family history, but they don't know it because they don't know your backstory. Would that bug you? Well, that I'm would be on... Th- I'm pushing the boundaries to try and figure out what would That would be, be on me as yeah. the character, because if my character has such a rich backstory, then as the player, I failed that character by not sharing it. I would like to hear that. You know? Because nice. the people who I play with should know whether or not my character was an orphan or not. They should know that as, as a, an extension of playing Did you them. know Did that I? 9 out of 10 PCs are orphans? Pretty much, yes. <laughs> and you know that 11 out of 10 start in a tavern? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a whole fraction thing. You know people have problems with fractions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there's a couple issues. One, if you miss, do you get XP or level up for the time you're not there? If you... <laughs> on the one hand, it seems unfair for you to get it. You didn't show up. You didn't spend the five hours. On the other hand, we don't want you to lag behind the party going forward and therefore drag the party down because you didn't get that XP. So that one, that's an issue for the GM or, the, or for the table to address. And two, I think there's a bigger issue, which is it's not unusual for people to have to miss a game every now and then. Right. Um, there's, and we are lucky in this group in part because we understand the responsibility that we have to record, but we're pretty good about having people show up unless there's a true health issue. Um, but there are some games where people don't show up with semi-regularity, and that's another issue for the Game Master to address is if you've got a guy or a girl who doesn't show up every third week, you know, how do you deal with that? I think part of – I hadn't really thought of adding this to the podcast for, for this sidebar, but I think it's actually important to note scheduling. I think one reason we are more successful here is because we don't have a regular schedule, to be honest. Uh, yeah. If you said we're playing every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, it's more likely that someone's yeah. going to miss that than if everybody says I'm available that third Saturday this month, the second Sunday next month, whatever it may be. So I, I hadn't thought of it from that perspective, but that could help. If you have a problem player that yeah. isn't able to show up as often as they want, and I say a problem player, it's really a problem with their schedule, most likely, right. and they can't show up as often as they want, maybe break away from your rigid schedule and just try and coordinate with people to well, try different nights. It could be, we don't want to call anyone a problem player, but it could be two That's, things. I One, pull back on that, yeah. you could have a player who's not as committed to the game as you are and everyone else is. And that's a very real issue. I've been in groups where... Every table has it. Everyone. Right. You have the one guy who he wants to play, but he doesn't really care about it. And at some point, you've got to fish or cut bait on that guy. And you've got to figure out um, if... I mean, uh, let me just interject for a moment. It's not necessarily that. Because to be fair, um, JJ doesn't care for the dungeon world that much. We know that. But he's doing great in the podcast, so it's not necessarily if someone likes it or not. It's whether they're participating. Yeah. So yeah. I yes. just want right, yeah, to... Right. Are they, are they, com- to are they coming that. to play or are yes. they coming to socialize? And JJ does a great job in playing a game that isn't his fancy, so to right. speak. Right. So I would not consider him an issue at all because right. he shows up. He's committed. He's not on his phone. He's 
he's down for whatever. <laughs> Mickey's um, on her phone I'm on right my now, phone right now. As he said it. Yeah. But I've been in games where there's one guy at the table who doesn't come a quarter of the time, and yeah. half the time he's there, he's on his phone. And at some point, like, it's just not fun to play with that player. They need to be engaged. Somewhere. Yeah, and so yeah. then that's kind of a, a group dynamic issue that maybe is beyond the scope of this, this little sidebar, but I think that's something that you have to deal with. But number two is just the pure scheduling issue, and that's something if you have a player who really wants to be there and – I mean, like, I'm, I'm probably the hardest one in our group because i got two kids and I've got a wife who, you know, it's awesome, but, yeah. like, there's only so much time she's going to let me take away at a game. So we've been pretty good about scheduling around me to a large degree, um, whereas other groups might not have done that. And, you know, it's kind of the way it is. And on the flip side, JJ has a wife and they are two kids. Yeah, exactly. And this yeah. makes it awesome for us. That's <laughs> we are two kids. You're <laughs> right. But um, I think it's to your earlier point. We like, we don't have a set schedule. And that's something that maybe people need to consider. You know, when you sit down and you plan a game, it's hard to say let's play every other Thursday because something's going to happen right. on that Thursday where one or more of your players are not going to have are not going to be able to get together. Maybe instead of saying, let's play every other Thursday, let's play it by ear. And it's a little scary when you get adults yeah. together and you tell them, let's play it by ear. But I think it starts with that commitment. So why are you playing? Well, everyone at the table wants to play. Well, we're, imp- we're implicitly or explicitly committed to four to six hours of recording per month. So we know we've got to get four to six hours one way or the other. So while we are very flexible on a week-to-week basis... When push comes to shove, if we don't have the episodes, like we all make the time to be here. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just running your little home game of the starter set or you know whatever, maybe that works, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, um, on on the issue of uh, player commitment, um, we were talking about you know do you give XP if they're not there and everything. It depends on whether or not you're using XP as the reward. <clears throat> yeah. Um. I've been part of the games where the DMs were incredibly stingy with XP and not showing up was a huge detriment because then you start to lag behind. And I've been part of the games where it didn't matter once everyone, once one person leveled up, everybody leveled up. Yeah. And that's what I do typically in the podcast because I think it's more fun in the podcast for everyone to be at a similar level. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so, I mean, do you need to use the the whip slash uh, apple of XP to entice your players to come because if that's the issue then you may not have the right group or you need to reevaluate your DM approach <laughs> and, that, and that could be too right uh, maybe you have missing players because of the way you handle it when they're missing yeah. and and they don't want to come back to the table because well, I didn't get to level up. Everyone else did. I was looking so forward to another D10 of hit points and that new spell and that new ability, and I got denied because my kid had the flu or something. And yeah. That's, yeah, I guess that's a, a decent point. Now, when, when that player doesn't show up, though, what other, what other tricks should a GM have up their sleeve to handle it when a player doesn't show up? Flexibility. Flexibility. Always be flexible. Now, a lot of it's always going to depend on the story that's going on at the time. Yeah. But um, uh, we're playing a separate game that JJ's running right now in D&D 5th edition. In our first session, one of our characters wasn't there. And we learned, at least I learned in the second session, that that character had some extracurricular activities. JJ, how did you handle that for the character that wasn't there for the um, first I session? I actually ran an individual session for her. Yeah. And um, it was just a one-on-one. And I, that's how I typically deal with... Uh, 
uh, missing people is I will talk with them outside of the game and try to establish what a plausible reason for why they were missing and then attempt to do something story driven kind of like what you did you're still including them in the story but whereas they don't have a say currently in 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 our alamon game um mine they do have a say because i i make the effort outside the game to approach them to accommodate them to keep them in the story right which seems like an ideal response but also not realistic for a lot of dms who barely have enough time to run the game that they're running yeah. to do a private session is above and beyond. But in a perfect world, that's awesome. And in fact, in that particular game, because I also play in it, it's going to work really nicely because one, she got her XP. Two, she's got a little bit of a backstory, which is a mystery or intrigue for the rest of us to figure out. And it's going to work great. I just, I imagine most DMs are not going to have the time to do yeah. that. Sometimes, so you can handle it even through email. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. There email was or one IM. Night, and I'm glad Mickey mentioned it, because there was one, I, and I don't know if you can remember this along with me, Mickey, but we had, when we did our D&D family reunion, Mickey was working late that day. It was the day she actually showed up in their high heels in her <laughs> um, work dress, if you remember that. Yeah. I remember it fondly. <laughs> but um, well, she now. was going to be late. So we started the story, and I did this with Mickey through email ahead of time. Is it okay if Bree is captured by the dragon cultists so that everyone else has to go rescue her? I think by the email tone, I felt like Mickey was a little wary about the damsel in distress deal, but she agreed with it. So we were able. We, we all know how well I play the damsel <laughs> in distress. So we were able to work that out ahead without too much extra time, as long as people are willing to do that communication. Yeah. If I had sent the email and she didn't reply, or if she had sent it and I didn't reply, that would have hurt if either of us didn't have the time. Well, and which raises an important point I meant to bring up earlier. If you were going to miss a game, there's a big difference between emailing the GM the morning of the game and saying, dude, I can't make it today, something no. came up, or I can't make it today, I've got the stomach virus, and emailing four days before and saying, look, my schedule's not going to allow me to play this week. And I would just say, for those of you who are players, the more advanced notice you can give your game master that you're not going to be able to attend, the better, because yeah. then that allows us to have this thought process and this conversation happen. Especially the way I play as GM. Also, if you can add to that, I'm not going to be there. But if you could have my character do X, even better. Yeah. It helps set the stage. The GM then knows that you wanted your character to keep hunting that sword that, you know, the mythical sword that everyone's looking for. Um, and we can, to JJ's point, where he'll play them as an NPC, which personally I don't like to, but if you're playing them as an NPC, now you actually know what they're wanting to do, and you can fulfill what they wanted yeah. without having to steer it any specific But Joe, you, you know, as, as a DM, I yeah. tend to play all my characters anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes. JJ will play everyone's character at one point or another. That's yeah. in your wheelhouse, babe. And for those who are not familiar with this, check out any of our sidebars where J.J. ran the sessions where he could describe to everybody what their character should have been doing that round. And he does a really good job of making sure of that. It, it actually, and I know it's a, a little bit of a sidebar on the sidebar, but that helps design encounters too, knowing what the characters can do. There's a lot of times that I fail on encounter design because I leave the characters so much in the hands of the players that I don't even know what they can do. And then I'll have an encounter that doesn't work out. Whether a player has a character there or not may not even affect it. Well, it also explains why uh, Mickey is so much enjoying the Dominate spell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, I guess that kind of leads into, like, like you yeah. said, a little bit more of a sidebar. Of a sidebar yeah. Is how heavy of a hand does the DM need to have within his characters? 
Within the, the players' characters? Yeah, within his players' characters. Uh, I get part of that comes down to what I was saying, where if the, if the player isn't there, I tend not to make the character do anything. I will allow things to happen around the character, which is what we're doing with Elena's um, uh, comatose state right now, where things are happening around her, but technically nothing is happening to her. If Britt were to show up now, we could pick it up where she regains consciousness on the table and everything's at normal. But um, to be able to keep that story going, I used the character as part of the ritual price. Well, JJ's question is interesting just knowing him because I think I heard him kind of saying, how much control as a, as a GM can I have over my players, particularly if I know my players are screwing up how they should be playing <laughs> or underutilizing their characters? And I, I think the sense I got was... I want to have this level of control or at least input, whereas when he's on the player side, if you do anything that cuts into his player agency or his character agency, it's super offensive and and problematic. (laughs) And and I'm not putting that out as a criticism, but simply just as a comment that um, some players, particularly those who are knowledgeable about the game, really want a level of control. And I think part of the challenge of our game is balancing how we control our our player, our, our character, or for the GM, how we control our role to still let everyone at the table have fun. And how do you handle that character when that player isn't able to make it? The one who needs that agency more than perhaps others. Yeah. Where Mickey was saying, I don't care what happens to my character, just let me explain it after. Then yeah. that's where you... There's I a think difference. You right, whereas to... I would never want to like, role-play JJ's character when he wasn't here. Yeah, that's when you have... like, what, Isn't there a, an internet video... Where they have the bard who's just kind of just standing it's there. It's the barbarian, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of just standing there it, in the I, background. It, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a movie that they did the tabletop and then they acted it out after kind of like what we do with the Christmas special Halloween. or the Halloween special, and um, the barbarian shows up late, and so he's just an NPC following everyone around, just doing nothing, just literally being a pack mule, and then the barbarian comes in and his party is literally almost dead. He comes awake and rages out and manages to save the party from a TPK. Nice. And I think as a GM, you know your char- you should at least know the players at your table and know who's going to wig out when you play their character and who's yeah. going to just be like, whatever. And that's part of something we talked about before about being a GM and things we've said in other sidebars. The more you get to know your players and the more you talk to them, especially setting expectations... It, it, it works both at a job and it works at a, day, a gaming table where we're going to spend a whole day together. So it's good to know what our expectations are. If somebody expects their character to always be involved, and when they're not there, you just put their character on the back burner, they might actually get upset. They might want their character played by somebody just so it's always out there in the forefront. So it's definitely a good thing to know the people in order to get that uh, done. I don't know. What's a good way to put it? Diplomatically. There you go. You want to make sure that you're handling each one as they would want to be handled, but that involves a high degree of knowing the players, which can be difficult for new people. I have a friend who plays in a very, very long-standing Pathfinder game. Very long. They've been playing for years, and they have one player who shows up but isn't really there and is on his phone, is on his laptop, and does stupid stuff in combat. And I, <laughs> I just know it's super frustrating to yeah. those guys who are really invested in the game. And, again, this may be another topic, but uh, I'd be curious how, how Game Masters kind of deal with that guy at some point. But 
It may be uh, maybe beyond the scope of what we're talking about here. Are you trying to tell me something? No, <laughs> no, no. You're always doing we something no stupid one, in we combat. Have no one like that here. Yeah. Um, I think that's a hard situation. So, is there any other ways that anyone here has seen a DM or a GM handle a missing player? How do they handle the character when the player is not there? As I mentioned, one where. I was in a campaign where this, where this DM says, you become this um, invincible sugar cube. And he, that was just his explanation. You sit there, and if you show up in the story, the sugar cube turns back into the character. In the meantime, nothing can happen to it, but it's always along with the party. And, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of weird, but it's also a nice little simple explanation to tell everyone at the table, this is what happens when you're not here. It's a hard and fast rule. Your character can't do anything, etc. So it, it's one... I think pretty strict way to handle it that could be very useful for a, a variable table of different players. So do you establish the, those rules up front? Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, when I played that game, it was established up front. I think we've hit what we can hit today. You think? I think so. Anything you want to add, Mr. Stevens? I'm trying to think, but no, I haven't I'm really... I'm trying to think. Ain't working. <laughs> <laughs> That's... I mean, we, we have. We, we've hit... Pretty much every method that you can do, um, at least all the ones I've observed. Cool. So what I'll do is we'll wrap this one up. I'll toss this sidebar at the uh, at, on the same day that we released the episode we just recorded, where we talked about um, Elena here and uh, used that character in the episode. But in the meantime, we'll say thanks for listening and bye everyone. Goodbye everybody. Bye. Feel better, Brittany. Several ideas were tossed around and discussed, including our own example of handling a missing player in our Alamon Dungeon World campaign. Hopefully we helped with suggestions for others. Let us know. Thanks for joining us. The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. <laughs>